Welcome to Decoding the Union Budget 2021 with me, Rishi K. Along with me is Dhruv Ravani. Dhruv is a Chartered Accountant, member of the Institute of Chartered Accountants of India, an Amphi Registered Mutual Fund Distributor, founder of Goldsip.com. We're talking 900 clients with assets under management of 175 crores. He's also cleared the Certified Public Accountant exam conducted by the AICPA in the US and is a Certified Financial Risk Planner by GARP USA. Good to see you. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Rishi? Excellent. One of the reasons we wanted you on the show is we wanted a, a young tax finance expert's views on this Union Budget 2021. Let's start with direct taxes. Not too many changes, Dhruv, but I'd still like you to run through uh, the direct taxes. Yes. So, you know, with all the background noise that was in the build-up of the budget where people were expecting a lot in terms of tinkering with rates and everything by the finance minister on the negative side, thanks to the COVID pandemic. This is a very good budget and the market and everyone is cheering specifically because there is nothing negative in the budget. So just for a change when there is nothing, the market is cheering about it. So like you just said, no major changes on the negative or the positive side. The best part is they have not tinkered with the rates or the slabs or exemptions or anything for the tax filing of returns for individuals remains more or less the same. On small changes for senior citizens here and there that we will discuss is one of them being, you know, if you are above 75 years of age and you have just pension income, which accrues to you every year, and it is just one bank account that to which it comes, then you need not uh, file the return of income. That is what the fine print talks about. So this will mainly benefit a lot of government employees who are old and who have retired because they will usually have the pension income, uh, which they receive from the government, and they would probably have just an interest income, which accrues to them. Investors should know and individuals should know that you know if they have any other sources of income they won't get benefit out of it which means they will have to file their returns and uh, pay the taxes mind you there is no reduction in the tax liability is only the compliance part of it which goes away and that is what has been the gist of this year's budget where you know the government is focused a lot more on easing the burden of compliance for individuals or the corporates the country in general so if we dwell deeper what they have done is you know once you file a return and if your case is picked up for a scrutiny they have reduced the time limit for which you know the case can be picked up so earlier after filing the return six years hence so if the return is filed in 2020 to 2026 you know they can just call for data and stuff and everything now they've said you know what you know let's cut down to three years and if about three years you want to you know still call for data it has to be some serious fraud amounting to more than 50 lakhs so you give me the evidence take the approvals of the regional officers only then I'll allow you to, you know, open the case and, you know, dig deeper. So this I'd is like to interrupt you here. The, the finance yes. minister was very clear on saying that uh, she wanted the road forward to be completely digital. She came yes. in with no printouts, which I thought was a very good Absolutely. gesture. And she's yeah. clearly gone out of her way in this particular budget to incentivize transactions done digitally. So you want to just yes. talk about no tax audit Gosh. if you comply with that, those yes. numbers there? Absolutely. So this was a provision which was there in the earlier budget with the you know exemption of the FICRO. What should say is that you know if your payment and receipts and expenditures are through banking channels and everything, it is ninety percent. So they have given a leeway for small petty cashes here or there. You know then you know you need not be covered under the tax audit, which means no tax audit provisions would be applicable. They have increased the amount, saying you know what up to ten crore if you are doing transactions digitally. You know you need not have a tax audit. So that is a welcome provision. In addition to that, you know there is they have even gone. So up 
to now they had talked about the e assessment you would have talked to the prime minister talking a lot about it in his you know interactions with the public with regards to digital compliances and digital assessments in the tax filing space what they have done is they have gone a step forward and they have taken it to the judiciary and they are experimenting with it where they have said you know, even the tribunal level litigation which is there even that will be faceless and it will be completely digital so you, if you want to have a hearing it will be on a video conferencing this will save tremendous amount of time and efforts for the litigants the taxpayers as well as the lawyers and even for the judges where a lot of paper would be saved and also a lot of time of commute and everything would be saved on that sense dhruv advanced tax liability on dividend income does the budget say anything about that and i'd also like you to run us through additional tax deductions that shall be available for loans so affordable housing again being a Absolutely. focus as it was in the last budget yes yes so whenever a company declares a dividend what the earlier provisions used to say is before declaration and payment you know you got to compute the tax liability if your quarter was due and everything and you have to pay the tax the government has come out and said hey you know what you know first you pay the dividend compute it and then once you have paid the dividend finally only then you go ahead and pay the advance tax so those interest litigations those penalties they all go out of the picture with regards to the interest on uh, affordable housing this is an earlier provision and they have been you know extending this year on year so they have extended for another year where they say you know that if you have a home loan up to 50 to 60 lakh rupees uh, you know in different centers notified centers you get an exemption of up to 1.5 lakh from your gross salary or your gross income which is calculated so you know you get a deduction which helps you reduce your interest cost on the home loan that you pay and secondly they have also taken it a step forward you know in covid we had a lot of debate around the migrant labor the urban migrant labor as they called it and they have said that you know not just about on the affordable affordable housing but if there's a project in which they will notify later on which is specifically for rentals so you know a lot of migrant workers come here they don't own houses here but they stay on rent so even if it is just for rent even that would be covered so a developer would be incentivized to set up such sort of project in urban centers like mumbai delhi bangalore yeah so the first section was basically about will this budget reduce our taxes increase our savings and now to part b which is increase or uh, where investors stand right now so the limited options that investors have today we're talking about the common man and his or her pf you know ulips breeds and of course uh, india's favorite all time favorite which is gold <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> so yes, yes. what is in it for investors and you know for us if we were to save So for the common investor or the common man in general there has not been any major change but if you go up higher in income levels there were a lot of tax planning that used to happen around you know employee contribution to their provident funds via salaries where you know the, the rate is still lucrative at 8.5% out there and there is an exemption on the interest component so the government has capped that interest component saying hey you know what if you want to contribute extra also or in upward is uh, the 12% contribution but if you are contributing more than 2.5 lakh per year then the interest on that higher amount won't be exempted which means you'll have to pay a tax on it not a big one but yeah certainly a little bit of a tax cost on the higher income salaried individual similarly it's to that own set where you know they used to have this ulips ulip products were earlier exempt from uh, taxation they have brought about a provision where they say that if the ulip you know premium is about 2.5 lakh rupees per year 
then uh, you know that won't be tax free you will have to pay tax on the withdrawal and as and when you know you get the maturity amounts from them apart from that some cumbersome provisions with regards to you know reit which is considered to be a tax neutral transmission sort of a product where uh, it's a pass through entity we call it where you know at the end of the day uh, the investor puts his money into a property via reit and he gets the rental income so earlier there were tds provision which were applicable in the hands of reit so they have done away through so you know it will directly the entire 100 rupees can flow to the investor these are the basic changes which impact investor like they say there are no well taxes no covid says no tinkering around with the ltcd stcd rates of equity markets or equity taxation so everything remains as it is with regards to you know investors and their tax liability on investors is there any mention of a rationalization of customs duty on gold and silver yes yes is yes. that duty expected to come down and also yes. you know nris whenever they're in town they listen to us a lot so yes, yes. <laughs> anything so, for so nris Yeah, yeah. So on the gold part, what they have done is they have reduced the duty, the customs duty, from twelve point five to seven point five. What this would do is it would reduce the smuggling of gold, which keeps on happening and makes the you know the whole black income thing even difficult because now people would prefer uh, you know buying you know gold from over the counter officially. And uh, secondly, for the non-residents, uh, yes, one of the major concerns for them used to be you know the four hundred one k's in the US and Canada, where you know after retirement they would come down. settle down here and the taxation provisions for both india and us are different where you know they tax on the receipt of the retirement funds whereas in india they used to say hey when it accrues to you you need to pay tax on that so even when i don't have the money you know i'll have to pay tax on that which forced me to withdraw those funds so there was a mismatch in terms of the taxation regulation which the government has said we'll remove that mismatch and they are going to come out with rules to see to that you know this you know this conflict is resolved In decoding the Union Budget 2021 with me, Rishi K. We move on to the next section with Ruvani, our expert, and this one is what we call ease of living. Basically, talks about health care, employment, uh, basic amenities like water, and of course, public transport and expenditure on education. Can we go point by point yes, and yes, see yes. what the budget covers as far as ease yes. of living is concerned, Ruv? Absolutely. So you know, the Prime Minister after the budget, you know, specified on this point of ease of living where we are very used to the term of ease of doing business in india but uh, what happens to the, you know the, the indians in general the individuals with regards to their ease of living and how we can improve the standard of living and covid has nudged the government to focus on two specific sectors which have been neglected and a lot of debate goes around that with regards to education and healthcare and you know always they say that the crux of a developing economy and a developed economy a multiplier effect is always provided to a healthcare and the education sector where a lot of economists and social workers say you know you spend a lot on healthcare and education and uh, the government has paid heed to it and has started you know increasing the allocation to healthcare you saw the finance minister going in absolute detail with regards to where the entire you know outlay of expenditure would be in the healthcare sector and they have increased it to close to 2% of the gdp the healthcare expenditure with close to 35000 odd crores provided just for the vaccination and in the past year the government has spent a lot on you know the covid pandemic in general so i think to avoid their future capital expenditures they have started providing it from now so in case god forbid if something similar happens you know they won't have to you know borrow from their own kitty there will already be a provision out there which would be used and they are focusing more on creating infrastructure rather than you know doling out cash and subsidies where they'll make hospitals facilities there will be a proper regulator governing them and uh, you know seeing to it that 
there's proper vaccination for children reducing the child deaths and everything so there is a very micro they have gone into it and seen into the details and seen to that proper allocation to those specific sectors are provided in the healthcare industry coming to education they have uh, talked about setting up a virtual in university and they have realized the role that technology can play in you know reaching the masses in the rural areas where you know access to education remains still deprived due to lack of uh, facilities and lack of teachers who can go out there and teach them so i think they have they would be taking aid of technology and setting up those virtual schools through which they can target the mass market out there in the rural areas apart from that you know if we come to the urban centers some very small specific provisions like just in mumbai you can you will be able to choose probably which distributor you want to have the electricity from just like in mobile phones you can port from one mobile operator to the another in a power sector you know you can't change your electricity provider so they would be coming out with a policy and the state will have to notify that and then probably you can change your distributor if you want at least they have started the process for that so let's see how this develops they are focusing on public transport so there is a scrappage policy for old vehicles at about 15 years you have to go and get your vehicle tested there is a spend on metros even for tier 2 tier 3 cities from now so you know you see that urban planning which is now setting in you know you're not waiting for the population to grow and then you know solving the problem you're visioning it 5 to 10 years earlier and you know setting in place in motion a proper infrastructure process and this will create a lot of job opportunities for all these people in tier 2 tier 3 cities so a specific outlay for capital or infrastructure sector has been increased to 5.5 lakh crores huge uh, multiplier effect on employment would be out there and thanks to covid they have recognized the urban migrant labor so they would be setting up a whole policy to you know get them under some sort of social net the whole gig economy so the urban contractors or the urban construction workers you know they would be provided some sort of social security and they would be identified so while in the rural areas we had the jandani yojanas and everything where you know they could be provided all the sorts of subsidies this whole category which used to be the migrant labor category they couldn't track them and provide some sort of subsidy so i think that is going to be the biggest you know project for this government in terms of tracking this whole informal sector and this will also aid in generating data and aid in providing us also data with regards to how these workers move and providing them with better facilities dhruv ravani's decoding the union budget 2021 with yours truly continues dhruv i would say is one of the foremost young advisory services in this country he advises nris and hnis with regards to their investments in various asset classes across the globe as regards their tax and other regulatory aspects so really the ideal person to indulge in a conversation on corporate taxation what does the union budget say as far as corporate taxes are concerned i think with regards if you ask any company what they would take back from this budget the biggest takeaway for them is certainty a lot of uh, you know litigative issues have been resolved for once and for all whether this way or the other way something like as simple as what a goodwill is defined as and the depreciation can be claimed what is considered in case of a slum sale a simple thing where you know uh, so if the foreign portfolio investors if any payment is made to them there is a rate under the tax laws but uh, there is something known as a tax treaty between two countries they agree that you know if my citizen 
citizen should be uh, liable to only this rate because you know i'm charging them a particular y rate so which the assessing officers are not willing to give although there was a supreme court ruling you know there is to be a lot of went through and litigation on that so i think the government has settled and said you know what if you have a beneficial treaty rate you know you can go and claim that and the tds would be deducted on that rate only so this removes a lot of litigation going forward for with regards to the foreign portfolio investors apart from that yeah the e assessment thing the major beneficiaries out of it would be the corporates because a lot of time costs would be saved for them in terms of dealing with the tax officers and yeah uh, they have set up another dispute re- resolution mechanism for even medium tax payers where you can say if you are having an income of up to 50 lakh and the tax liability is more than 10 lakhs you can go to the dispute you know, dispute resolution committee and say you know let's sit down let's uh, deliberate and let's resolve this particular issue for them so uh, for the corporates uh, this is also a welcome change ease of you know doing business improves and they will be happy lot from your own you know under the umbrella atmanirbhar bharat abhiyan you did make a passing mention of migrant workers how they are planning to get that particular gig economy a little more organized maybe by doing one nation one card free food grain supply to migrants in a sorted manner but other than that the msmes medium and small and medium enterprises what does the the budget say for them so you know it would be making the process for accessing credit for them it would be easier so you know for these msmes the biggest challenge has been access to funds and because you know i am a businessman i don't have any collateral apart from say my house or my factory and beyond that i won't be able to raise higher loans so what they have said is you know to a certain x amount say 5 crore or 10 crore you would be provided a collateral free loan if you are a medium and small enterprise so that is a big big uh, takeaway for them where you know they'll be the ease of doing business for them increases drastically okay let's come to another aspect of health this seems to be a holistic approach to health the fact that the pneumococcal vaccine is going to be rolled out across the country i mean there's an allocation of 35000 crores for that covid-19 vaccine in 2122 and they're also introducing a national commission for allied healthcare professionals bill do you have any idea what that is have you looked at it passed so, uh, made a glance at the, it yeah yeah so the allied the bill that they talked about is you know how they can increase the definition of the medical workers so okay. who can be further covered out there that is something that it will develop on and uh, they also intend to set up uh, health labs and hospital blocks where we saw like in mumbai itself where we saw we had to set up the infrastructure for hospital so i think the capacity can be augmented properly in case of a pandemic in the future coming to infrastructure we didn't talk about the national rail plan or road construction which are such a important aspect of india as a developing economy if you could spend a little time on that as well as uh, electrification though you did mention that you know you likened it to mobile portability but just how much of installed capacity is going to be added and uh, is that a priority yes so one of the biggest takeaways of this you now government and famous ministers has been then gadkari the road and uh, shipping corporation minister and the way he has gone about and laid laid roads across the borders or interiors of the country and uh, he proposes to do that going forward with close to 37000 kilometers of roads to be laid out in the next 2 3 years the government has also proposed to electrify its entire railway network which is very huge 
and they have set up a stiff target of you know 2023 out there apart from that you know you, you would be having a lot of more bullet train projects which would be envisioned and uh, they they are laying a roadmap for not just the next 10 years they are laying a roadmap for up to 2050 so whole railway infrastructure will be undergoing a sea change probably since inception by the british and uh, that is a big takeaway again a big employment generator because uh, it has a multiplier effect and uh, towards employment in general they are also looking in the power sector to increase the share of the renewable energy so you know that would be increased and there will be now here close to 3 lakh odd crores over the next 5 years towards the renewable energy space as well as the power distribution so one of the major reasons why power reforms have been stuck is because of the discons issue so discons are state owned subjects and while there is no issue in so there is a lot of power that is generated today in india it is because the intermediary is not uh, you know in a good financial position so once that intermediary is financially you know sound and there are no debts out there probably they will be able to pass on they will be able to buy the electricity from the generators and you know pass it on to the consumers and for tier 2 and peripheries of tier 1 cities we're going to see a metro expansion which can only be a good thing yes, you did something. talk about the vehicle scrapping policy so air pollution again seems to be another focus area there was a mention of electrification of vehicles and also how they're planning to tackle the air pollution and of course water supply also absolutely so there is a outlay for close to 3000 on the water supply 3 thousand crores for the tackling the air pollution across certain urban centers on the water supply they have laid a major emphasis on the jal jeevan mission which is a pet project of, uh, you know the prime minister and just after the toilet project that was implemented over the past 5 years successfully their next target is you know to provide free drinking water uh, to all households in india and there's a huge outlay towards that in this close 1.41 crores uh, to be deployed over the next 5 years and uh, with regards to the air pollution there is an outlay as we mentioned with close to 2000 crores out there but water being again a very important and uh, which is considered to be a limited finite thing drinking water sources in india are getting perished every now and then groundwater resources are getting depleted so this is a very important step by the government uh, to see to it that you know we don't have water crisis in the future and do you know the word mangai is often repeated in this country the common man will always turn around after a budget and ask you whether inflation will come into play and is there any cause for prices of products to go up nothing that you see immediately when you look at the budget do you uh, nothing in particular that we see but you know as we say that if the government is going to spend and borrow more it means inflation will rise because that means more pumping of money in the economy and uh, we are still unfortunately depended a lot on the crude prices so for anyone if the petrol and diesel prices are still going to go up further then it can be a little bit of a cause of worry on the inflation front but not something that you know is out of hand or anything the good part for us is you know we have somewhat tackled the food inflation part where you know there is a lot of certainty with regards to our food products yeah so the only thing which which remains a concern has been petrol and diesel for now apart from that you know I don't see Menga is coming back anytime soon for us. We can keep our fingers crossed on that. Dhruvani, it's been an interesting discussion. Uh, you really laid it down in layman terms, uh, decoding the budget uh, union budget 2021. Thanks for your time, your patience, your Thank energy, you. and uh, see you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Hope to see you soon, Rishi.